Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford of Another Money Show, taking a break. From our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, we're coming here today to bring you information you may not find on those other financial shows. We're aware the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. What do you got for us, Jer? Well, another week, another busy week financially. I've been reading... So I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to jump right into my weirdness for the week and get it out of the way. I've been reading about something called Cartel Island. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's Fronton. The actual name is Fronton. And it's an island that is either right next to or right near Texas. So the Rio Grande area. And apparently it has been taken over by cartel people. This is where they're doing... Apparently, they're staging for bringing migrants in and just just a bunch of weirdness. And now the United States, Texas, has, I, I don't want to say the word invaded, but they've gone into the island with a bunch of people and guns, and they're trying to clean the cartel out. What does that have to do with finances? All of these operations, I have a feeling, are very costly. So there's how I tie it into finances. Why am I bringing it up on the show? Because it's just another example of how many things are going on in this country, in this world, that we have to be aware of. That's where I want to start. I want to start on weirdness. It's slightly different than Monkey Island, but... Uh... I could make jokes there, but I'm not going to this week. I'm not in the joking mood this week. Well, what do you got for us then? What information? Why, why no jokes? What are we being serious about? Uh, just it's kind of a bad week. We've got your mom is still sick and I have a kidney stone moving. So that's never really all that much fun. And then you add to it, we're having problems with our dogs. So it's just kind of about what's the old expression when it rains, it pours. So, and it's funny, you know, people ask you how you're doing and your response is always good. Sometimes it's not always good and you know, they don't want to hear it. Everybody's going through stuff of their own. So people don't want to hear it. They just ask to be nice. But yeah, the, the, the people that listen to us, I know most of them know us and care about us. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm ready for better days. That's why I'm serious. And you got on me last week because you don't like the dad jokes. You didn't like the Davy Jones, Mickey Dolan joke. And I understand that. But you're a lot younger and your sense of humor is much different than mine. So, well, it's like you go out of your way to throw a joke in when we're trying to have a conversation. My other oh. notes for this show were that you were just waiting to talk. I mean, I had to keep going back to the point I was trying to make on the monkey island because it wasn't a conversation. It was just you going off on your rants. Well, that's because that's what I do. And I don't really listen to you. So a lot of times you have to take me back oh, to where you were. I wasn't really sure where you were anyway. So, but no, I, di I didn't prepare for the monkey's joke. It just came out. 
<laughs> One of the things that I do have on my list today, got an article from my buddy Jeff. Jeff sent this thing here, and it says the uh, title here is it's from CNBC. World's five richest men have doubled their wealth since 2020. 2020, that's not that long ago. I mean, what, four years ago? I'm guessing this had to do with us being locked up with COVID. Continues on, the world's five richest men have increased their combined fortune from $405 billion in March of 2020 to $869 billion in November of 2023. Of course, the uh, it, it names them. It says here it is Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk. It is LVMH. I'm not sure what that is. I guess I could click on it, but I won't. Boss Bernard Arnault and his family, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, Oracle founder Larry Ellison, and veteran investor Warren Buffett. Okay, I got to make a joke there. Veteran, did Warren Buffett serve? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So veteran investor Warren Buffett says here, we are waiting within the next decade. We expect to see the world's first trillionaire. Think about that for a second. A trillion is a thousand billions. A billion is a thousand millions. What is rich in this country? What does the average person want to do? They want to get to a million dollars. So take a thousand of them and you've got one billionaire. Take another thousand. (laughs) I I don't know. To me, it's staggering. It says here, meanwhile, the world's richest 1% of people own 43% of all global financial assets. Really? So 1% of people own 43% of the assets. So your thoughts on that? Do you think the rich are getting richer? Is it okay? I mean, you know, and and there's a bunch of people that aren't those ones that are the, the top of the heap. Look at some of the people that are supposed to represent us. Look at some of the politicians, some of the Congress people. And I know we both read an article this week about how they need a raise again. <laughs> so, but, you know. And yeah, so what was it, 170000 a year they were making wasn't enough? Was was that what it was? I feel like it was something close to that. $174,000 salary. And I, my understanding, days gone by, politicians used to be people that worked. They left their job to serve the community, serve the country, and then they went back to their job. These people are all in it for a career. So yeah, they're rock stars now. They're not civil servants. Yes. And this whole thing about a raise, it's like they don't even talk about it. who pays for their food. Is it them or lobbyists? Who pays for their gas? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's, it's funny because I love that we're a free country. I love capitalism. I love the idea that when people work harder, they get ahead. I love the idea that Elon Musk, you know, he came up with Starlink. You should be very wealthy. But is enough enough ever? You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. I mean, part of me is torn. There's a lot of people that need help in this world. And I think once you're a billionaire, once you have a thousand millions, you're probably going to be okay. So then at that point, I think it's time to give back. And I don't mean give back. You are not liberal talk. Hey, I'm, I've always made it very clear. I am super apolitical. I had this conversation with our buddy Doug this morning. I, I am really 
I think right is right, wrong is wrong. There's not as much gray area as we try to make it. Any politicians that care about my family, care about our future, care about our finances, I'm all ears. But I think these people are so out of touch in general, most of them. You know, we we talked about when was the last time we thought some of the political people were grounded, were, you know, good for us. Ronald Reagan, you know, George Bush Sr., that era kind of ended all of that. Now it's just it's just this media frenzy and it's you know, we're we're this country is super divided. It's tribalism. So you you really, you know, you and I have talked over the years about how we wish there wasn't a two party system. You know, we wish the best candidate had a shot at being put into the office. That that we keep getting further from that, you know, and obviously we're in twenty twenty four, so we're in election year. And this may be a doozy. You know, a I lot think, of what I'm uh, projecting trump to win the caucus in uh iowa well he that did. only sound bits of that story i figure you might know more yep he did he won by a landslide he won by more than half the vote and there were four people so he got more than the other three candidates combined one of them vivek ramaswamy dropped out after it so now it's basically nikki haley and uh desantis and trump and it's it's i'm already hearing what's the plan if Trump, you know, wins the next caucus in New Hampshire, and then basically he's going to be our nominee, this country might go unhinged. There's talk about, you know, there, there, there's a lot of people that are talking about getting ready to riot. So if if Trump becomes president, this this could get out of hand. It's not how it's supposed to be. Do you realize that in this country, if there is some way to have a fair election, if we elect somebody without any kind of shenanigans? We're not supposed to riot. We're supposed to understand that more people than not wanted that person in office. I don't care who it is. There's been presidents that I have liked, presidents that I have not liked, and there's been stuff from every president that I've liked and stuff from every president that I have not liked. So, but this, this, what's coming up this year could be real shocking. And our whole thing, we started this radio show to sound alarms. This has not been a weekly hour-long sales pitch. I can call us. Call us at 623-523-0444. And I'll give you a little list of financial shows on the weekend that are clearly a one-hour-long sales special. Ours is to sound alarms. We've said from the beginning, we want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. And it's funny because fast forward almost two years, if we make it here until March, we'll be on the air for two years. It, things have gotten way worse, not any better. So all of the advice we've given you, just because it seems, and I'll, I'll go under the bus for this one, like I am wrong, perhaps I am not wrong, I am just early. And I believe that this year we're going to start seeing some of that that I've been saying come to fruition. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I would love so much to come in here one day and say I've been wrong about all this. But I'm not sure yet. I mean, I start out by talking about Cartel Island. I, I don't want to know that. I, I'm sad that I found that out and started reading about it. You know, we, we've brought up to you the little compound city in Texas where it's all, you know, you can buy land for a dollar and it's a bunch of shenanigans. That's long gone. Haven't heard about that in the news. You know, you brought up the biohazard lab, you know, warehouse in California. That's, that's all gone. The, the news cycle is quick. It's fast and furious. But a lot of what I read, you, Anthony, have actually gotten me in the habit when I read something instead of taking it 
on its face value that it's true, I go right to the internet and I start looking for other takes on the matter. And this island, apparently, it's it's we've known about it for a long time. Nobody really knew if if Mexico or if the United States was in control of it, but it it seems to be part of the United States, and it seems to be a launching pad for gun trafficking, drug trafficking, people trafficking, and now we're going to do something about it. And again, it's just every week I have to bring new stuff on this show and all of it, how it ties to our finances. We want to make sure one person, one couple, one family at a time, we've got you set up the best you can be in case things get weird. I would like to point out, we also do traditional, normal financial planning. Anthony's passion since he's been in the office is on income planning, income over assets. My whole thing for the last, say, 15 to 20 years has been protect and grow in that order. I think you should try to keep the money you have that you worked so hard for and then get a reasonable rate of return on top of that. It served me well, you know, during the tech bubble when a plane hit a building. It served me well during 2008. You and I, I mean, we we were sounding alarms when COVID first started. So we got people to look at their statements before March of 2020. So trying to be proactive, I think is a good thing. And you know what? You know what sucks right now? All of the stuff going on in my life, you know, the insurance bills are rolling in. You know, your mom got to spend a couple weeks in the hospital, a few weeks in a skilled nursing facility. Now she's home with in-home care. She's only 56 years of age. So this is a uh, transient matter. She will get better. She's actually getting better, just slowly but surely. The bills are coming in and it is amazing. I'm looking at the EOBs. I'm sitting already with about $25,000 in bills. People are like, well, how can that be? You have a you have an out-of-pocket max. Well, we happened to hit the, the last month of 2023 and so far the first few weeks of 2024. So you get that out-of-pocket twice. And there's a lot of stuff that's not included. I didn't understand that. I thought you get up to your deductible and then you do your 80-20 and then it's all free and clear. Doesn't look that way. Like the ambulance is outside of there. Uh, I had a crown <laughs> in the end of the year. That's outside of there. That, just the crown alone. That's $1,100. That's my portion. So everything I look at with money, I can tell you money goes down a lot faster than it goes up. You, you should really understand what your insurance does for you. I didn't. We have a long-term care policy that we've had for, boy, I think we got the first one when I was in my 30s because it never raised its premium until I was in our 40s. And I need to look it up because maybe there's some benefit there that I'm not even using. And I, I, I do this for a living. I help people make sure they understand what they have. And I'm not even sure what our long-term care policy does. But my, my whole point with this, when it rains, it pours. Insurance is wonderful unless you ever need it. And I'm going to tie this. I shouldn't, but I'm going to tie this. Is If I came from Cartel Island <laughs> over to Texas and through the border, would I have these bills starting to pile up on my counter? You know the answer. It's no, you wouldn't. And that just may, it makes me so angry. So political year, lots going on. You know, when, when I think about things financially, I met with a woman that I've known for years now. Her name is Tammy. She came in the office this, this week and she listens to the radio show every week. She said that that 
one question I've never really answered, or we haven't answered. We always talk about the banks and, you know, be very careful. I, I remind her, make sure you, you're familiar with the term bail-in. I remind her to go on FDIC.gov and look up the depositor insurance fund. She said, well, well, you don't tell people where to bank though. You know, we need banks. We have to pay our bills. You don't tell people where to bank. And I thought about that. It's like, well, let me do that this week. You'll get to hear this week. You know where you should bank? Wherever it's convenient. I would say, and I and I did address this months ago. Let's just say you have $50,000 in the bank. If it were me, I understand the hassle factor. I understand what I'm saying makes your life more convoluted and complex. I would have five banks with 10000 each before I would ever have 50000 in one bank. Obviously, I don't think I need to address the $250,000 limit for FDIC because A, most people nowadays are smart enough not to bump into that quarter of a million dollar limit. And other than that, if you've been listening to us for any length of time and you've tried to verify what we say, you also know there is 1.10% of FDIC coverage on your money. So I don't care if you have $14 or $14 million. I'm sorry, there's just no coverage there. But anyway, to answer her question, it doesn't matter. We used to say go to community banks, go to credit unions. We were, we were very much against Wells Fargo, B of A, Chase, not only for their felonies, not only because they're so rude to people, not only because they charge you for everything they can, but they, they invest in derivatives and stuff that we could never comprehend or explain to you clearly. So, but the, and you know, then we started saying the last year, we we're saying, well, at least they're too big to fail. So as we ease into the Fed now, as we go toward a central bank, digital currency, at least be with a big, strong bank so you don't have to worry about your bank closing its doors. Well, we have since progressed away from that. We had we had a friend slash client, what was it, Anthony, about a month ago that tried to get $5,000 out of SunWest Credit Union and couldn't get it, only got 1000 Oops, I named a name. Well, I'm not talking smack, telling the truth. So the, the daily limit she was told was $1,000. So my answer for you, Tammy, bank wherever's convenient. I would recommend if it's 50000 to five different banks, at least if things get weird, you'll be able to get a little more money out of several banks than you would all other one. You know, these online banks, Ally, Capital One, American Express, Discover, any of these online banks, they're great. They pay a little higher interest. My whole thing, keep as little as you can in the banks. Whether for you it's 5000 or fifteen or whatever your comfort level is, and now is a really good time to pay down debt, put some cash away at home. And when we sat down, she wanted to know how much. It's like, well, that's very personal. You know, obviously I'm aware of fire, flood, burglary. You have to kind of figure out what your comfort level is. But I helped her fine tune it. We talked about where to put it, you know, whether there's a good hiding space or a safe or whatever. You know, we talked about how much fit her situation. Then we talked about ultra short-term products with insurance companies. You know, we we were talking about how these banks also they're paying five, five and a half percent on a CD. Well, if you're doing a one-year CD at 5%, what if you could get a one-year insurance company product 
for say 4%, I'm just throwing this out there. I haven't checked the rates this week. Say it's 4%. So it's a little bit less, but your money in the bank has 1% coverage and your money at the insurance company has 100% plus coverage. Would that matter to you to take a little less interest? The other thing about that, it, it works very similar. The end of it, 30 day window, let it roll over again. If the rate's suitable for you, take it out, take part of it out, do whatever you want. So the, the whole point being with your bank money right now is a really, really uncertain time to have too much in the banks. So let us give you alternative ideas to those banks. Boy, this was a long ramble. Did you fall asleep? Yeah. No, I had something to say at some point, but I don't remember what that was anymore. You just kind of steamrolled through it. I'm going to give you a block of post-its. So when I'm on a roll like that, you can write down the... the well, thought. I just like grabbed a piece of paper too, so I can do it next time. So I'm bring nice. it up again. Thank you. Very adaptable, very adaptive. So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on... Let's, let's go for a minute on financial planning. You know, what, what should we do? If people are tiring of the stuff I say week in, week out, should, should they still make an appointment? Should they still come in and see us and just tell us they don't want to talk about the end of the world? I mean, where, where should we go from here, Anthony, for people that are a little tired of my negativity? Well, I mean, the world doesn't care about your negativity because the world's going to continue to go on and people have to continue to pay their bills and they'll have to continue to get through retirement. And, you know, unless we end in a, you know, World War Three ends everything, which is, you know, a, a bit much. But otherwise, you still have to handle your finances. You still have to care about retirement. And y- you mentioned the... You know, being in a bank, getting a bank CD, especially for the ultra short terms and earning slightly higher interest than what you can with an insurance company. I mean, obviously, that's because the banks are hemorrhaging money. You know, they're worried about a run on a bank. There's a reason why they're not offering you much for five to 10 years. You know, when we start looking at rates long term, the insurance companies are definitely beating them out of the water there. But these ultra short terms, the banks need this money. They need you to be putting something in. And at the end of the day, too, if it's a percent difference, what are you going to do with that extra percent? And not even that. We've had some people that have asked us about, you know, wanting to take risk in the market. And, you know, nobody actually wants to take risk. They want to earn the extra percentage. They want the extra gains, but they don't want the risk involved in it. But I asked them, you know, what do you, what would you do? How would your lifestyle changed if you earned 20% on your investments? Would anything really differ compared to how would you feel if you lost 20%? If you went down 20%, would that make an impact? And it seems like more of the people that I talk to, it makes a significant more impact losing money than it does these higher gains. So... Are you doing anything to protect your finances? I mean, that's at the end of the day. That's what we spend so much of our time doing, people that sit down with us. Are you protecting what you got? You you talked about the five richest men in the world doubling their worth in, you know, since 2020. Are they really worth that money? No, they don't have that. 
It's all asset growth. That's on paper. It's not anything they could ever spend. You can't just go and cash out all of your stocks when you're that wealthy. So do you really have that money? You don't. So the difference is for individuals like you and I, you can have that. You know, you're not going to sell all your stuff and make enough to move the market, but you can capture your growth. You can make sure you have something tangible with your investments. Remember, all of JR and Anthony's listeners receive a free financial consultation just for listening to the show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com to learn more and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran owned and proud to serve Americans like you. How much risk are you willing to take with your investments? I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. If you're a thrill seeker, you probably enjoy the adrenaline rush of jumping out of a plane, bungee jumping off a high cliff, or kayaking down a raging river. But when it comes to your finances, do you still find a lot of risk exciting? Or does the danger of losing your hard-earned money change your perspective? Think back for a moment to the 2008 financial crisis. Thanks to market risk and some shady Wall Street deals, the S&P 500 fell more than 46% between October 2007 and March 2009. If you go back and look at the risk that we took 25, 30 years ago, and it was kind of way out there. And a lot of these firms, including some of the things that happened at Morgan Stanley, we were so mesmerized by the great trader and the money they made that uh, they got more and more autonomy until it was too late. We had huge losses. That's former Morgan Stanley CEO John Mack speaking with Yahoo News. So how do you protect yourself if we have another year like that, or even another 2022 when the markets had their worst performance since 2008? Financial advisors will tell you that to maximize your investment growth, you need to take some risk with your money. Just be smart about it. You want to have an actively managed portfolio strategy. You just do. It it involves shifting investments in your portfolio to take advantage of pricing anomalies and strong market sectors. You want to reduce the the risk. You want to have smart risk as part of your portfolio. You want to increase returns and you want to truly diversify your portfolio. Active Wealth Management founder and President Ford Stokes says smart risk investing is based on the concept that all investments carry some amount of risk and that the only way to reduce that risk is to diversify. This means investing in a variety of different asset classes, such as stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and other financial instruments. 
Everyone's situation is different, and that's why it's important to work with a fiduciary financial advisor to get the most out of your hard-earned and hard-saved money. So, how much risk are you willing to take with your retirement? That's a key question to consider as you invest for the future. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. Great first segment from the guys. Welcome back to this week's edition of Another Money Show. Thanks for making this show a part of your weekend routine. And if you missed that excellent first segment, be sure to listen back anytime, anywhere in podcast form, Apple, Google, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform of your choosing. Okay, a couple of household items we have to discuss. JR and Anthony would love to meet with you and discuss how they can help you reach your retirement goals. Building plans for our listeners is what those guys do. A family practice right there in the greater Phoenix area. J.R. Rochford, Anthony Correo, give them a call, 623-523-0444, or reach out via email at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Also, an important reminder, don't enter retirement without a smart plan for Social Security. We anticipate some changes to Social Security in the coming decade, so it's critically important that you get in touch with J.R. and Anthony to learn how to maximize your own Social Security benefits based on your unique situations and needs. Again, Pick up the phone and give them a call, 623-523-0444, or reach out via email at team at anothermoneyshow.com. You might draw a little circle. This is where you are. Ten years from now, you could be here, or ten years from now, you could be here. And the difference in ten years between here and here could be significant in money and lifestyle, treasures, equity. In ten years, an incredible difference. But right here, a small difference in the change of discipline, the change of thinking to start you on this journey versus this journey. And that clip from the great Jim Rohn, a renowned motivational speaker and personal development coach who offered many valuable insights regarding financial planning, goal setting, and the pursuit of a purposeful life during retirement. And Jim also said, quote, financial independence is the ability to live from the income from your own personal resource. And so many people out there have done a great job saving for retirement, but haven't Put the right plan in place to ensure they will achieve that financial independence. In fact, according to a recent story published by Axios, millions of Americans are unprepared for retirement. So here are some statistics that actually may surprise you. More than half, 52% of Americans, are not on track to comfortably pay for their retirement. Kind of hard to believe. According to a recent report from Fidelity, the nation's largest provider of 401k plans, again, 52% of Americans not on track to live comfortably and pay for their retirement. Also, nearly half of private sector workers, roughly 57 million people, don't have access to an employer-sponsored retirement plan like a 401k or a 403b. Also, only about 1 in 10 Americans working in the private sector today is able to participate in a defined benefit pension plan. Gen Xers and Millennials are far less likely to have a traditional pension than their boomer counterparts as well. So here's some essential questions to ask yourself. How much monthly income will I need in retirement and how am I going to generate it? What happens if the cost of living continues to increase at a rate greater than anticipated? How much uninterrupted increasing income can my savings investments and retirement accounts actually generate? That's very important. And what happens if tax rates rise to the point that taxes start to reduce my spendable income? Also very important and kind of a murky future when we're talking about taxes. So how can you buck the trend of these statistics? Well, let JR and Anthony build you a stable three-legged stool retirement plan. And again, to find out what that is, more information 
Reach out to the guys if you'd like to have a personal pension plan that could fit into your retirement. Pick up the phone, give them a call, 623-523-0444, or reach out via team at anothermoneyshow.com. You can learn more again about the three-legged retirement stool, about solidifying your retirement plan. All you have to do is schedule that appointment. Anthony and JR will help any of our listeners who get in touch this week and help them compare personal pension options so they don't have to spend their retirement worrying about what's happening with the volatile stock market. A family practice in the greater Phoenix area, the number one goal is to help clients make informed financial decisions that leave them feeling confident about taking the next step into retirement. Again, give the guys a call, 623-523-0444 or team at anothermoneyshow.com. Log on, email them, visit the website, anothermoneyshow.com and reach out to JR and Anthony today. Thanks again for listening this week. Be sure to check out the YouTube page for clips from previous shows. Visit youtube.com and search Another Money Show and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Now back to Another Money Show. You're listening to Another Money Show. It does seem to me like the smartest way to approach things in life, whether it's money, food, whatever, moderation is the key to life. You know, when somebody walks in the door and they're like, I have $500,000, you know, in this series of mutual funds, what, how do we handle it? What do we do? We look and see their risk. We talk to them about their risk. We talk about their income. You know, we get some idea what tax bracket they're in. We, we look at the whole picture. And then we never, ever move $500,000 into a product. We ladder it out. We look at how much should be in cash, how much should stay right where it is, how much should be safe, how much should be towards their future and their protection. So there, there's no, there's, I've never seen it where it's just all of one thing is good for you. I've seen it where diversification is still the smartest way to hedge your bets. You know, and when you talk about people that don't want to take risk, it, th- this is a very, very tough time to be a financial services representative. You know, when when I look at 2008, it, the bottom was March 9th of 2009. And then I look at that time to now, you know, 2022 was a little bit rough of a year. March and March alone of 2020 was a little bit of a rough patch. But outside of, you know, a couple minor corrections, people have, they're just making money. Like no matter what you own, it's doing okay. It, it's not doing great. I mean, when you when you see these numbers, like for the S&P 500, and then you look at your 401k and you're like, why isn't my 401k doing that? Because those are just seven stocks that are floating it. But with what you have, it, it you've had a long time since you've had a noticeable correction that lasts six months or a year. But look around you. I mean, you know, talking about the election year, talking about how the playbook for later this year, if things don't go a certain way, could be rioting in the streets like we saw in the summer of 2020. That That is really frightening. You know, we're not Venezuela. We're not Ecuador. We're not these other countries where that is expected. You know, I mean, I, I look at Taiwan right now, the stuff with with China, you know, re-annexing Taiwan China doesn't like how the election played out in Taiwan. So this might accelerate changes in that reason. And I'm sorry, in that region. 
this country has never been like that. We've back, we've been very civilized. We've played by the rules and I'm not sure that's going to keep going. And when things change and we have a realistic market that that's representative of what's going on in our country, in the world, it's going to be a shock to people. And with our modus operandi of, of being proactive, not reactive, we need to get a handle on it now. You know, I, I can tell you in 2007, you know, we had a good size block of business that was safe and fixed. It was the foundation. We did asset-based long-term care insurance. We did fixed annuities. We did some life insurance, legacy planning. We had a good mix of safety. And then to ladder money out, our thing, we, we weren't stock pickers. We did mutual funds, lessen the risk a little bit, get more diversification. You know, we, we, it seemed to complement our office better, not trying to be smart enough to handpick stocks for people. We, we, you know, had a stockbroker that we dealt with that we liked and trusted for when that was a good fit. We worked well together. But it's, it's funny looking back at that in 07 when things started dumping. We, we tried to, you know, really make sure our clients knew we were there. We tried to, you know, keep them understanding this is a normal correction. We have you set up. We don't want to time this. And as it got a little bit worse, we, we kind of swung back and talked about exit strategies, you know, how, how much lower, you know, can this go and you'll still be okay with things. It got to a point where then we started switching gears if people didn't go safer and we told them now you you probably should wait. You know, don't don't try to, you know, don't try to time this, don't get nervous. Well, you know, the market came back up some and then it looked like maybe we were wrong, maybe it wasn't so bad. Well, then the big drop came. In 2008 when the big drop came, we had we had people that were down in the 20% range. I I'm trying to picture back. I think we had a couple that were less diversified on their holdings that were down lower in the 30% range. We had none of these stories of clients down 50 and 60%. But we only, in in that whole time, we had two clients that when things were about as bad as they could get, they said they just couldn't handle any more. One was actually in January and one was in February of 2009. And they basically, the people said they were fighting amongst themselves. They said, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's just not worth it. They, they don't like this. They want out. And my whole thing was, well, ne never look back then. Don't try to go back in. You're not a good fit for this risk. And you haven't seen this in the office yet. I think you're going to. I actually think it's going to start this year if I had to, you know, whip out my crystal ball. When these times get here, that's when you really see what what risk people can handle. You know, when things are good, everybody's an eight to a 10 on a, you know, one to 10 risk scale. When things are going down, they go the other way. And it just... We, it, it's been way too long, way too manipulated. You know, people are way too convinced that this is the new normal. And why weren't they buying more when it was going down? Why weren't they lowering their cost basis? Long ago. so high. No, it, it doesn't work. Long People do not have the stomach and discipline. When I first learned some financial stuff from my grandfather, I never really learned much until I came in the industry from my father because he was my father. He'd be the last one I'd listen to about anything. I remember him trying to teach me about what I should be doing at my age. And, and I'll never forget my priority was at the time, it was to always have a motorcycle. And I, I knew more than him. You know, I'm a guy. I, I never thought I'd live till I was 50. And I just, I thought I'd, I'll save one day. 
right now I need, I need to have my next motorcycle, my next set of parts. So I didn't listen to him. I did listen to my grandfather somewhat. And he was very, you know, in a simple time, you know, buy low, sell high. He was like, you, you can't try to be smarter than the rules of all this. And, and that sticks with me because I've seen a lot. I mean, just since the late 90s when I came in and I got to see the, the you know, popularization of these high frequency trading computers. You know, I, I got to see people day trading for a living in the late 90s, early 2000s. The government had to come in and ban some of that. You know, government always tries to protect us. Does that mean we're making too much money for their taste or they really want to help us? But it's it just things were simpler a long time ago than they are now. And right now, if you told people, you know, you, you say all the time the market's doubled, you know, in the last whatever it is, five, 10 years, you know, you shouldn't when, when there's a correction, it's like, well, you shouldn't have been where you were. You know, you, you kind of say this has gone way too high, too fast to be legitimate, to be normal. So how do we get to people right now? and tell them that everything in life cycles. If you throw a ball up in the air, it tends to come down eventually. And that this market, it's, it's defying all gravity. I think that if, if things get messy politically, if things get messy geopolitically, a lot of things are going to change. The housing market, the stock market, I think a lot's going to change. I, I'm also worried that too many things are wrong at one time. You know, you, you can't have $34 trillion in debt the same time you're being forced out of the world reserve currency. At the same time, you've got a bunch of other nations that even if they don't join the BRICS, they want to get rid of our dollar to trade amongst themselves. This is all going on at once. And I don't know how we weather this for much longer. So we, we need to keep sounding the alarms. We need to keep trying to get people to realize what they have, make sure they have an exit strategy make sure they have some idea what kind of realistic risk they're willing to take. And we, we want to help with all that. We see people all the time that have old 401ks just sitting there. It's like, so you left that job five years ago. You had a 401k with whatever amount in it and whatever it was allocated like five years ago when you left, which was probably a you know age-based target retirement date fund. So you, you haven't touched it since. No. What are your costs and fees? None. Well, no, they don't bill you. Do, do you think there's fees within there? No. Yes, there is. There's a spread. They're taking money out. The third-party administrators have to get paid. Everybody's making a profit. The companies that have the funds within your 401k, people are making money. So we want to look at those statements with people and give them ideas. Sometimes the best idea is to convert it, put it into a Roth IRA. We everybody agrees that taxes are probably going up. They're not going down in the upcoming years. So talk about Roth conversion. We talk about IRAs and IRA being an individual retirement account. At least you have some control over it. It's you that owns the account. When you look at your old 401k, it's a big, huge government sponsored group plan. So you, you have way less control of that than you think you do. And remember too, IRAs, a lot of people get caught up in that. And I mean, I even have a conversation with a family member who's getting ready to tires, be fully ready this year, but talked about staying for another year or so, so that they could fully fund their deferred comp. And 
you know, I got into the weeds of the details, but I was, I had to step back and just ask why, like, why do you care? Like if you have this opportunity to retire, why are you focused on fixating on trying to add more money to your IRA essentially? You know, what purpose does that bring you? And why is everybody making such a big point to fund these IRA vehicles, these 401ks, these 403bs? You don't have to. All that is is a tax code. You don't need any of these tax codes to put away money for the future. Yes, they've got some benefit in the tax deferral, but is that, again, is that really going to be a benefit down the line? We don't know that. It, it was in theory, it was years ago, but with how much debt we have now, I mean, who knows if that's really a smart plan now. If you have money to be put in money, or if you have extra funds to put money away, then put money away. But you don't have to fixate on trying to force it into these pre-tax tax codes for retirement. That means you don't have access to that money until you're 59 and a half. You're guaranteeing that this isn't your emergency fund. So why are you fixating on that? I mean, not saying that you shouldn't. If you've got a 401k with a match, it's free money, get the free money. If you can fund a Roth IRA, you know, we love Roth IRAs, but they can also act as an emergency fund too, where traditional IRAs can't necessarily, unless you meet very strict, um, you know, situations. So you can put money away and deal with your future without fixating on these tax codes. Because the worst part is all these tax codes do is make people miserable in retirement because they get in, people get fixated on taxes. They, they prioritize their finances in such a way because we're taught for so long to focus on things that really aren't important to what your retirement is. But, you know, again, that's just my theory. Obviously, everything about this show, everything about this office is very different than what you hear elsewhere. So, but that's what I'm seeing. I don't know why you want to force an issue involving pre-tax tax codes. And my only answer to you is that's what they've been taught. Everybody's got these rules that they say are the right rules. And, and what if they're not? What if everything you've been taught is wrong? And that's what we see. I mean, we see, a, and you're right. You know, you get people, they get to 70 and a half. Now it's 72. It's supposed to go up to 73 for 73. their required. Is this 73 now? Yeah, it is 73 now. So when is the last time we had somebody that's like, oh, thank goodness, I'm so glad somebody's making me maneuver my money. You know, oh, I, then, I want to touch base on that, right? Because we're talking about required management distribution. That's where the government forces you to take funds out of your IRA. But a lot of people look at that as the government's taking my money. They're not taking your money. You agreed by putting into these tax codes that you would defer your taxes for X amount of years which right now is at 73. So they're coming to collect what you agreed to give them. But we've had people come to us and talk about how they can donate their RMDs so that they don't pay taxes. So if you donate it, you're actually losing more money because the tax... Again, people's mindset are just so off so they're upset about losing money or perceived loss of money through taxes that they want to donate everything and lose all of it so that they 
they don't pay taxes. So you would lose more money, you know, less money gets into your account than it would have. But in your head, you've avoided taxes, so you've won. It's just a, a, a misperception of how all of these financial tools work. And we see it day in and day out. So if this is something you have questions with, I mean, we can sit and go over the pros and cons of all that's a little bit easier to do in person than over the show. Um, but reach out, 623-523-0444. Shoot us an email at team at anothermoneyshow.com. You just reminded me of something that I forgot about. My father and I used to deal with this with his personal situation years ago. My father was was fairly well off. He he did well. You know, he retired from MetLife, had his pension, he turned on Social Security, had that income stream. He had money from when he used to have different businesses in Illinois. So he did all right, but he kept a mortgage. And I I remember you know, I knew his finances. We worked together for 11 years and we used to talk about what he had and where, you know, he had McDonald's stock. He used to talk about the in specifics, what he had and where. And whenever we would get to the mortgage, I was like, I, I don't understand this. You have enough money in a money market to knock out the rest of your mortgage and you don't. And his take was, that's my last tax deduction. I, I get to get a tax deduction on that interest. I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If it was a tax credit, if you got dollar for dollar off, I guess I would see your logic. I would still disagree with you because I would rather not have that mortgage around my neck. I think Dave Ramsey's, I think he's annoying, but I think Dave Ramsey's a genius. I mean, you know, debt-free is an amazing, amazing feeling. And my father, who was a very smart man when it came to finances, <laughs> caveat there, my father was a very smart man when it came to, to finances. And he kept that mortgage. He never seemed, it didn't make sense to him what I was saying. That's like, so funny because even smart people, right? Someone in the industry, he should know better. And he made, because again, what was he taught from his father about having a deduction? So yep. we get all these really bad traits beat into us. So it's at what point do you draw the line and try to make changes for yourself? Well, and some of it is we have explained things to people and we plant seeds and then it's amazing because sometimes somebody doesn't become a client and then two or three years later, they read something that matches up with what we say. I mean, I, you know, being in the office long enough, you wind up seeing everything. And, and it is funny. Our whole job is try to better people's situation. It's never been what's in it for us. And it, these things with taxes, I mean, you're right. I remember when you kind of got a little bit off on that with the taxes, I don't know, six months ago, and you were saying, you know, these people that complain about taxes, you know, good. I mean, I want to write a, a quarterly tax check for $100,000. That means you're making more. You know, what's the best way to stop dealing with these taxes? Quit your job. Go to work at McDonald's. Go to work at McDonald's in California. Get $20 minimum wage here soon. But oh. yeah. But what about... Uh one of my favorite stories, you've got the client, right? Because we talk about income streams, we talk about pensions. Big fan of that because you can never outlive your money. But you had a client who had a pension who ran out of her money in like the 80s who ended up going to live to live to 100, you know, she, passed away with rest in peace, but she lived to 100. But that 15 years, that pension money, that was all from the company. None of that was hers. 
So she got taxed on all of it, but was upset at first because she just, all she saw is that taxes were coming out. And all of a sudden her money is bad. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, she, her intersection, I I don't want to miss, her intersection was at 82. She lived to 100. So for 18 years, she kept getting right under, it was 19 something. She got right under two grand a month. And all of that money was insurance company money because she outlived the mortality table. And the first full year of her getting nothing but, I'll say, free money, she got a 1099 and freaked. Called the office. We had an office manager named Janet. And she is yelling at Janet, saying, this is bull. I All this stuff was supposed to be tax deferred and tax this. And, and Janet calmed her down, got me involved. And I explained to her, you used up all of your money and all of your dividends and interest. And now you are 100%. If you live another, and at the time I probably said, you know, 10 years, because most people don't make it to 100. But I, I basically said, if you live 10 more years, you're going to get this $23,000 a year. So it is all taxable because all of it is interest. And she said she didn't want it. She, she, and Janet said, I'll take it. She said, can we transfer it over to you? and you get my monthly payment and you have to pay taxes. This is a true story. That's how scared she was of paying taxes. And long story short, obviously, no, you cannot do that. So after year two, when it really sunk in that this was all icing on the cake, then she got used to it and she was a very big you know, advocate of this kind of product. She touted our office at that point. But yeah, she was super upset with taxes on free money. Miseducation on a lot of things. It's really, uh, it hurts people. It does. I mean, we're not, we've said this all the time. We're, you know, we were, our office doesn't have these massive gains that you may see with advisors, uh, day trading stocks for you. But we protect lifelong incomes, things you can't screw up. We're here for education, a lot of education. But those are the kinds of things we can help with. Well, and I know this week has been a little quieter and more somber, but it's good. I think it was good. So we're out of time. Doug has been doing a really good job with the activity on the YouTube channel. If you haven't checked us out, we really could use your help. Make sure you go on YouTube, look up another money show, subscribe if you're okay with it, at least watch a couple videos, a couple shorts, do the like thing. We need help with our algorithms. Is that what you young kids call it? So YouTube channel, you know you can find us on any podcast platform every single episode is available if you get hooked on us and we will be back to be on the air next saturday at noon on 960 the patriot if you have any questions reach out to us team at anothermoneyshow.com or give us a call 623-523-0444 thanks so much for being with us thanks for listening to another money show You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results.
at Rochford & Associates. We know you've worked hard to earn your money, and you've worked even harder to save it. When it comes to wealth management and planning for retirement, J.R. Rochford and his team of specialists have been helping individuals, families, and business owners find financial freedom at their veteran-owned firm for more than 25 years. Give us a call now at 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. 